Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And you know, the other day I was looking at helicopters. Sure. And I said, As oh, you do. what if yeah, what if I want to buy like an old Bell, like, you know, 212, sure. 212 helicopter? <laughs> Not cheap. <laughs> like three and a half million dollars. Really? Oh, it's, see, it's, I was thinking in the hundreds of thousands. I didn't think no, they'd actually into like millions. No, three to, like three to four million. Just like those little four-seater? Well, this, six, uh, no, this can do about like four to six. Okay. But wow, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you would, I don't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I knew Gulf Streams were like well, crazy. sure. But a helicopter. Huh. Uh, anyway. Okay. That's so why would I bring that up? <laughs> Paul, oh, anyway, I guess yeah. we're going to find out as we discuss minute 14 of Louis Leterrier's 2008 film, The Incredible Hulk. And boy, this minute is packed. Hey, sit, get comfortable. Yeah. Take a break if right, you're at work. We're going to get into it. <laughs> There's a lot going on the now. The movie really kicks off right here, yes. I would say. Like we've had, oh, we've had, this is we've it. A lot, yes. of, like, a lot of Bruce, a lot of establishing, a lot of getting ready. But like this is where like things yeah. really kick into high gear. Absolutely. And it starts with the one, the only, Stan the Man Oh, Lee. this is awesome. Is this his earliest cameo ever in a movie? He was in, no, he was uh, he was in the Spider-Man movies, the, the, the uh, Tobey No, Bar- but I mean the earliest in the movie. Like oh, earliest in the movie, yeah, yeah, it like is, fourteen minutes, right? Because yeah, because I wonder if I wonder if he gets beaten. Uh, I believe this is his first line because I in, in his in his Iron Man cameo, I don't think he has a line because chronologically he was just in he did his cameo in Iron Man. That's where they they're on the red carpet and passes right. him. I don't think he says anything. So his actually his first line in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there he is, the creator, a co-creator, I, was, I guess I should say, of The Incredible Hulk. Um, so the funniest thing about this shot is, and this is one of those, you know, it's it's the, the perspective is from inside the refrigerator. Yeah, and if any of you that. are fans of Food, Food Network, Food TV, you know that... This is they the don't, Alton Brown shot? Yes, this is the Alton Brown. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So this is, they don't put a camera inside a fridge. No. No, this is a fridge that the back has been cut off. Yes. Because you can't do that. No, it's no, not going to work, with, right? Yeah, with lighting and everything. So this is all a made-up thing, right? Like, right. And so they got a fridge from one of these. But here's the best part is, and I have it screenshotted, if you go this frame by frame, when he opens the door, uh-huh. Mr. Lee, right, yeah. does what everyone is told not to do as an actor. He full-on looks right at the camera. That's right. Right down the barrel. I mean, he literally, he opens it, and for a brief second, he's like, oh, camera. And then goes right to, goes right into acting. And it's awesome that they left that in there. Yeah. Like, they didn't recut it or anything. Yeah. It's just, you get this awesome shot of him that's just like, yeah, it's yeah. me. Yeah, that's right. You know it. You love it. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's supposedly, supposedly in Milwaukee, uh, that we, we find that's the when, they, when the voiceover tells us there's been a gamma poisoning case in Milwaukee. Oh. Uh, and it happened. Happens that it's Stan the Man Lee. Um, uh, he's drinking a bottle of Pingo Dose. Oh, it's come back. That's right. That quick. That's right. It's like it's interesting that like it's dissipated enough that we don't actually see a bottle with like something floating in it because obviously if it had a red tint or whatever, we would know. Yeah, they yeah. didn't. They didn't make would, a case to like. No. Plus, you wouldn't drink that one. No, like, don't exactly. You wouldn't drink that one. Exactly. I mean, that. we. If anything, we know about Stan Lee is he doesn't drink tainted soda. No. No, nor should anyone. That's right. So that's as he, he, he takes this takes a swig, says "Wow," and then drops the bottle, and it shatters on the ground in in beautiful slow mo. Now, is 
is is this implied? He did he die? No, I I, I think that there's a, probably a uh, a, a non shot deleted scene out there of uh, Hulk Stan <laughs> ripping apart his own kitchen, like that he probably like had a brief sort of. <laughs> I'll show you. Uh, right. Yeah. No, I don't. I didn't. I didn't get the impression he died. I got the impression that he, you know, tore up and then ended up at the other side of the neighborhood with, from a path of destruction behind him. Like, whoa, what just happened? But it was just such a little thing that then that was it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but it was enough that obviously, like, he probably, you know, tore his house apart or something, and that was enough that they could see that as he's as the police show up on you know, to help this old man, and he's picking up his car. <laughs> it's like like a shot from The Incredibles. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so do you think, uh, so getting metatextual then about the MCU, at this point, is this just a guy who happens to look like the same guy who will show up later on as the Watcher? Oh, wow, Because, yeah. you know. That is, well, that's canon. That happened. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we, we know that there's. Spoiler we know for, that, a future, for a future season yeah, no, it's like in, in nine. In 2029, <laughs> uh, when we get, to, <laughs> we get to talk about, um, uh, yeah, well, a, a future movie. Uh that he is revealed that several of his cameos were actually the same person. Right. So is this one of them? I would say no. Cause no, because from Universal. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this is the the just way to go, way shape. to put him in. This right. is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great cameo. I just again know, going is, back to the whole nostalgia of this film. Yes. That's great too. He, he looks fantastic in the shot, and you're, you're. I mean, man, fifteen minutes in, you're really happy with this movie, right? Yeah, Ugh. it's moving along. So right. yeah. So meanwhile, all right. So we uh, we go back. We cut back to the Pentagon, uh, and we get to see our first sort of proper shot of uh, Major Kathleen Spar, uh, played by Christina Cabot. Uh, so Christina Cabot has uh, 19 credits on her IMDb. Her, her last credit actually is her next movie. So this is her second to last movie so, so far. I mean, she's 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 still alive. I'm not saying that. Uh, it's just that's where uh, her career changed after that. Uh, and this is actually that will be her. Third movie with Edward Norton, because the next movie she does is Pride and Glory, which is Edward Norton's next film after this, where apparently he dyed his hair because of the hair, because <laughs> the ongoing hair saga we have over the Incredible Hulk. How does that, how does that, okay, like, is that an agent thing, or is that just like, hey, you have a conversation with the I don't know, it's, and... it's just one of those weird things, It just because if she was actually in Fight Club as well, she wow. was uh, in the support group, she was the one who was leading the support group. They had the when the woman stands up and right, talks right. about wanting a date. Right. Yes. <laughs> so she's, like, she's not that woman, but yes. she's like the one who's leading that and sort of like, you know, takes her off the, the, the dais and stuff too. But it's, it's interesting how Hollywood, because Hollywood is small. Yeah, it you know, is. So yeah, she's an interesting person. She's uh, the daughter of a famous jazz trumpeter named Joe Cabot. Uh, and her mother was an actor-singer named Cindy Lord. Um She's uh, the, so the character she's playing is actually a character from the comics. They changed a little bit of the spelling of it, too. But she was actually in the Hulkbusters. The Hulkbusters was the division created by Thunderbolt Ross to stop the Hulk. So they used the biggest, most uh, advanced military technology they can to try and stop the Hulk. They had power suits and, you know, helicopters and all these kinds of things that would, that would uh, go after the Hulk. So they were a recurring threat to the Hulk for a long time. Uh, so she actually is playing a, in con- a a character in continuity. We cut to Fort Johnson Everglades. Now, why is it called Fort Johnson? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's Fort Johnson because the executive producer of the Incredible Hulk television series was Kenneth Johnson. So that's why this is Fort oh, Johnson. What a nice right. Yeah. Another another nod to the television series. Uh, he's also the man who changed the main character's name from Bruce to David. Oh, yeah. really? And yes, why? Well, the lore says. 
because at the time, Bruce was seen as a gay name. And God forbid we have any character who sounds like he's a oh, gay character. The 70s. Yeah, right? What? Yeah. But it's just, this is actually a real phenomenon. It wasn't just like a pitch thing. If you go back to some of Johnny Carson's old monologue, yeah. whenever he wanted to have a generic gay character name, he would use Bruce as oh. the punchline. That was, so at the time, that was the generic gay first name of a dude. So we couldn't have that for our superhero, so it had to be David. Oh, that's... Um, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. We've come a long we've, way, baby. We've progressed. But I we mean, still got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyways, we're uh, so this is actually a, a Canadian Air Force base. This is in uh, Toronto. Still in operation. Uh, so they were allowed to use this Canadian base and, and redress it so it looked like an American bring, bring in the uh, Hummers uh, made in South Bend, Indiana uh, to make it look more authentic. Uh, so all this is like in Toronto, but obviously they, I think that's it's fun how they just changed the lighting and to make it brighter so it's like, oh, clearly we're in Florida. No. Nah, Still in Toronto, but wow. <laughs> they just changed the the exposure enough that it looks brighter, so that you get the idea of that. Meanwhile, That's fantastic. Right? <laughs> it's really just great. It's, it's just great Canadian skies everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, but I don't want to. I don't stereotype Toronto because Toronto actually has all four seasons. Uh, we, we don't here in, in Phoenix, Arizona. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I want to say that they're not uh, great and miserable the whole time because there's lots of stuff in shot in Toronto because of that exact reason. Now we're going to get into some, some, some major stuff here. Before we do, we're about to meet a ton of characters in a very short succession. I wanted to do a shout-out to the casting people for this. So Lorraine Mayfield, who we talked about uh, in, during the opening credits, thing, and helped by Robin D. Cook. Their casting in this movie is phenomenal because just the people we're going to meet in this minute, in minute 14, are astounding. Hmm. They got for small parts, the people they got are great, and we're going to see it play out the rest of the thing. Now, obviously, a casting person, as we talked about earlier, is not usually responsible for the above-the-line people. So, like, they they probably were not involved in getting Edward Norton and getting Tim Roth. I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, the, the people who are, like, the movie stars. It's right, everybody right. else that they, they got into. And all these people are, are doing fantastic. As they're going along, uh, we see a helicopter come in. So we get to see this is a Bell 212. as uh, a common military helicopter. Uh, a lot of these vehicles they got were actually on loan from Canada, and they would just redress them. They would basically just put USA and, and all that kind of stuff on there and then, and then take it off afterwards. These are from 1968. Yeah. Like the, the Bell 200 yeah, these, these series or the 212. Yeah. 50 years, this, this stuff was designed incredibly well. Yeah. And yeah, if you look right now, I found a, at the time of recording, a 96 Bell 212. The sale price was $3.6 million. <laughs> oh, wow. I assume in good shape. and <laughs> I, I Yeah, mean, that's right. What's, what's regular oil in, changes. What does like, one in, in bad shape go for? Yeah, that just, okay, anyway, <laughs> that just blew my mind. Yeah, so then we, we hear, um, I pulled you an ace, and right. that ace is coming in. So we can see our first shot of... Uh, Tim Roth playing Emil Blonsky. But as we're seeing it from a very distance, uh, we're going to wait until the next minute to really get into his thing. But we're already seeing like he's coming in and, and apparently he's the ace. Well, he's the ace, but we're also going to, if we're going to mention this again at the end of this minute, he's on the chopper. Yeah. This is a practical effect. This oh, yeah. Is That's right. really him. Like it, really it, Tim Roth sitting on, that, that, on the helicopter. One of the coolest character intros. It's pretty badass. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing, <laughs> That's, right? That's an amazing entrance. That, like, and, and solo. Like he's yes. not he's not crammed in with a bunch of dudes. No. Like it's like him like gets a gets a private helicopter. And, and like that's this, how important Emil Blonsky is. No, this first shot is just like from the sign. You can see it's him. It's it's Tim Roth, right? Like this guy is in this helicopter. And then we're gonna even get a better shot at the end. But anyway, just you're like, all right, 
yeah, yeah. who is this dude? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So then we cut to uh, a two shot, and we get to find out who this voiceover was. This is General Joe Greller. The, he is standing there with Thunderbolt Ross, and he's the one who's assembled this elite team. And yeah, as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, I know that guy. Because he has 51 credits as an actor. Now, I'm talking about credits a lot, but I usually just, I'm not using it as a metric in terms of how good or bad you right, are. Right, right. It's just more like how many things you get. Because getting a credit on IMDb is a huge accomplishment. That number can sometimes be misinterpreted, too, because like Friends is one credit. Well, he did 200 episodes, so that doesn't really count for the career thing. So I, I, when you see me in those numbers, I'm not doing it as he only has. Right. Just to get a level at what we're talking about. So he has 51 credits. That's amazing to him is that he actually has so many credits of things you've seen. Like he is just, he has a, a great agent or he has great taste because he's been in so many amazing things. Uh, his first credit was in 1995 in Nancy Drew oh. because <laughs> Hollywood is cyclical. Yeah. <laughs> Currently there's Nancy Drew series in the air, totally unconnected to the one from 95 that was his, his first appearance. He's been in Star Trek Enterprise. He has been on Spartacus. He's been on Sleepy Hollow. He's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But every once in a while when you're an actor, you hit something that blows the culture wide open and you're part of it he will always be associated with three words this is Sparta because he's the dude that gets kicked into the pit oh, in 300 yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean just hearing that noise again and that <clears throat> right <laughs> He was the messenger, uh, just just named messenger in in three hundred. As we're wrestling fans, he sold it. Oh, he totally sold it. Oh, he he folded himself. Yes, getting the full on kick to the, and the shock on his face. <laughs> yes. I mean, like uh, as in the Zack Snyder slow mo of like just seeing the shock on his face as he goes down into this pit. I'm a big fan of him from the Spartacus series, and yes. the Spartacus was the series like around 2010, mm-hmm. Blood and Sand, so Gods of the Arena. After this, so he'll go on. Oh to yeah, do no, that no, from no. where we are at now. But yeah, I mean, I no, absolutely. He did that. Mm-hmm. He did this just a few years after this movie. That show is amazing. Yeah. I mean, his role, yeah, is Animus. fantastic. Yeah, I was looking through his list of other stuff, and then then I did come up with the in 2016 he was in the Kevin Hart What Now. <laughs> <laughs> and he was credited as the African dictator. Is is, is what I uh, see? Yeah, this I don't know. Is what now a stand-up special? I think. Okay. <laughs> and not. And I'm a fan of Kevin Hart. Like yeah, I, I, I did not see that. Yeah. But now I want to see that because <laughs> I assume it's a comedy sketch. That plays if it's before, a comedy sketch, yeah, yeah, and then he's like in a yeah. But okay, we got to yeah. see that. So. Yeah, but he's again a great actor, and like he's done tons of stuff. He'll do tons of stuff, and like it's great. He's very small role in this, but uh, it's it's really a, a vital one, just like he was in almost everything he does. But then he introduces the crew. These are the five commandos, and they're all credited as commando. The assemblage of talent they put together for just these guys who are just commandos is kind of astounding. And this is why I wanted to shout out to the the casting board, because these guys are amazing. Okay, Greg Brick, Chris Owens, Al Verklgen, yikes, sorry, Adrian Hine, and John McDonald. Once again, I apologize because I am terrible at pronunciation. So we'll start with Greg. So Greg has over 90 credits. He was in Saw 5, he was in History of Violence, he was in Shoot 'em Up. Oh, oh, decent stuff. But all you video game nerds, that's Joseph from Far Cry 5. 
Oh. He was the big bad guy in Far Cry 5 and totally performance and motion captured. He looks just like him. So like, if you watch the shot again on the far left, you'll be like, oh my God, it's Joseph. <laughs> like wow. He was the big bad guy that you were going after the whole time. Uh, next one, Chris. He has 75 credits. He was in Red with uh, Bruce Willis. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he was in The Expanse currently. That's on uh, Amazon Prime. And most importantly, he was on The X-Files. He's Agent Jeffrey Spender. Wow. Yeah. If you see and the the shot of the five of them he's the, on the far right for him this is a, a minor thing because he had a major feature role because right. like I mean if you're an X-Files fan you know who Spender is after that we got we go to Al he has 87 credits uh, he's also another stuntman who's done a, a ton of stuff but the cool thing about him is he's an armorer which I'd never seen before in a credit he's the guy that does all the guns which so is really important. It's really important. Yes. And so you can see, like, he's the one who, like, look at a character and go, okay, what would he be carrying? And, like, find, and basically matching up a gun to a person. So wow. he's done that on a ton of movies. Uh, he's the one who brings out the catalog and go, no, you look more like a 9mm, not a, not a 45. <laughs> uh, next we have Adrian. Uh, he's a, he got 61 credits. He's a stuntman. He is also accustomed to running around on all fours. He was one of the performers in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, wow. So he was one of the apes. And I, th- I believe he was an ape and a soldier because that's how they did it on that movie. Oh, they yeah, would just yeah. put you into the thing and now you're doing the other we side. We don't need double the amount of right, people. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but the cool thing, the other cool thing about him is not only is he the stunt double for The Green Arrow, not only what? is he the stunt double for Deadpool, what? he's the stunt double for Captain America. Oh, really? Yes. He is one of the guys. He's one of the doubles for Chris Evans on Civil War. Well, he got a ton of work after yeah. this. He's yeah. Big in the MCU. That's wow. right. Okay, and last one, uh, John McDonald. He has 151 credits as a stunt performer and 40 credits as an actor. So that's pretty. I mean, like between the two things, they they credit them separately. Most recently, uh, he was in Shazam. He's one of the people who get thrown through a window in the convenience store. Unsung heroes, right? Exactly. Movies. And like most of these guys have been killed by every major <laughs> star or supervillain or hero. Well, okay, <laughs> that's really cool. That clearly was intentional on casting. Yeah, to uh, yeah, say so that's here. Go through like these guys are not only stuntmen but actors, performers. Yes, yes. you know, have multi skill and, and all have a great military. Like they have to look like their spec cops commandos. A little bit different approach than the casting for like the team in the Predator. Right. Yeah. Little- <laughs> yeah. Because they because none of these guys are jacked. Right, like right. Yeah, so it's like, not like the Carl Weathers with the giant arms kind of no thing. No, Jesse like, Ventura, we could, right? Because like, they're they're not matching like up, man. <laughs> right, but also they're not matching up against an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, of course. they have to be physically similar to an Emil Blonsky. Well, that uh, there's what you're just gonna say. Yeah, you, Tim right, Roth. Because Tim Roth is yes. like, is. Uh, he's not a large man. No, that like, makes like sense. He's like, and that's you know not not a knock, right? Uh, but no, like, no, and because I think that's that's something that plays into this too, is because Edward Norton is also not a large man, but like Emil Blonsky is a little bit smaller, and of course they get much much bigger, right? So I think that that comes along too because you don't have to have one of these guys be Lou Ferrigno now. That's why you have a Bill right. Bixby to become a Lou Ferrigno. Same kind of thing with them; they start out as regular and they go on there. So then we get to see that uh, a beautiful shot. Coming down with the sunset behind it, that that Bell two twelve uh, laying down as Emil's out there, and they, they say the two words. They say Emil Blonsky. Now this shot <laughs> could, if you're telling me Tim Roth doesn't have this shot <laughs> framed, framed? Uh-huh. poster size somewhere in his home, <laughs> right? You don't get you don't get intros like this in a lot of in, this in all is the gorgeous. This is does. gorgeous. Yeah. 
the sun, all of it. Right. And I love the fact that it's the five of those cool dudes, and these uh-huh. guys are cool, and yeah. they're all like all wearing black, all wearing sunglasses, but, looking at like like but, who's but that they guy? They all got, and they're all like, "Who's the? Uh huh. that guy? Is right. It? Like, I want to do that. Right. <laughs> That's the, I pulled an ace, and we're about to meet that. It kind of is. Like I was like, "Whoa, right. yeah, we're getting somewhere." Yeah. yeah. What's going to happen now? Who is this, Emil Blonsky? You'll have to wait until minute fifteen <gasps> to find out. <sighs> Tomorrow. That's right. We'll leave that on a cliffhanger. Like, who is this Emil Blonsky? Why is he the ace? What's his story? When is he going to have his confrontation with Bruce Banner slash the Incredible Hulk? You'll find out in minute 15. While we're talking about stuff, how's your uh, how's your wardrobe looking? If you'd like to have some Marvel movie minutes or the next real inspired clothing, we have you covered quite literally. We have our own online store. If you go to thenextreel.com slash merch, uh, you can buy some stuff from us, and a little piece of that comes back to us to help make the shows that you're listening to right this very minute. Because you're probably tired. You've gotten all the bootleg Baby Yoda shirts that you, sure. can, you can handle. Right, and now Disney's cracking down on it, so and I mean, you And you can't something. even get them. So this is this is something you can get to replace that because you've worn it out obviously because you're well, wearing yeah. it everywhere so there you go yeah so okay well we hope you have a smashing good time thanks for listening and until next time true believers bye bye